Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Dave, how are you? You know, I could be better, but I'm here and I'm healthy and I'm I'm happy as can be in the situation that I'm in. So yeah, I'm doing all right. I actually yeah. did your cruise last year. I was DJing on it, and that was the last time we spoke under very different circumstances. Uh, on the probably oh, the best experience Lord. of my yeah. life, it was so so much fun. <laughs> um, I can't thank you enough for having me out on it. I had an absolute ball. Uh yeah, we were. It was meant to be in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. You know, but obviously everything got cancelled. So, well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you were there, and you had, I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, it definitely is a um, four days of of uh, mad madness for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest. Well, I was looking forward to this year, and obviously it wasn't meant to be. I'm presuming next year is probably a little yeah. bit ambitious as well. But I do hope it does return when I, the world I think is ready. So too. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's like Matt. I mean, I, I I mean I feel really bad for for bands that young bands that are just starting off and 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 can't play shows and stuff like that. I mean we we've been very lucky. I mean we've toured the world, we've had our crews, and you know. It, but I feel bad for the bands that that, that um, don't have the opportunity at a very young age to you know to do what they're doing. You know, it's that that's what feels me about the music scene right now you know well yeah and one of the the most disconcerting things i think is the future of, of venues isn't it like particularly the kind of venues where you play when you're starting out you know these small clubs that 
yeah. you know, have just been yeah. hit so hard by this. And, you know, some of them, obviously, the sad reality is a lot of them, you know, might not make it through this. And, and that's going to change yeah. the landscape no, so much, no, yeah. isn't it, for bands starting out. And I think it's already hard trying to find, like, the right circuits to play, and it's getting harder each year. And this obviously is not going to help things at all. Um, but I also, no. I don't know whether I'm just an eternal no. optimist, no. but I do feel like where there is the spirit and the community and the 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 intent then i do feel whatever obstacles are going to be thrown our way there there will be people that create new venues and new communities new scenes and exactly know, new things will rise out these ashes won't they absolutely i totally agree with you man yeah i'm a, i'm an optimist as well that way too like you, you have to be, don't you? I mean, if not, you're just going to, you know, crawl in a little bunker and just forget about everything. That's not the way you can do that, you know? I mean, the hardest thing for us is, like, you know, we're trying to write new material, and, and you know, we all don't live in the one city. I mean, me and Bridget are in Wexford in Ireland. Um, uh, 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 do you, you live know, you there now? Have you Dennis, moved back New to York Ireland? And, you know, well, we, we've always, we, we, we've had a house, me and Brody have had a house in Wexford for the last 15 years. And any time we can, we we could get here, we 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 always did. And what happened was, we went over in early March to do some rehearsal days for a little tour that we were going to do, uh, primarily in Nevada on the West Coast. And um, we did a few days of rehearsals. Uh, the crew all flew in and set everything up, and we the bus came, the trucks came, picked us up, dropped us the first show in Nevada. And we woke up to, uh, sorry, but the tour's cancelled. Wow. So we were like, no, fuck, you know, this sucks, you know. But luckily enough, um, our bus driver, who was kind enough to drive myself and Bridget straight back to LAX, and we got a direct flight uh, from LA to Dublin. And that was on, I think, the 15th of March. And we've been here ever since. Yeah, that was when it was all kicking off, wasn't it? It was exactly then, in the middle of March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it really, it really did uh, kick off in a big way, you know, and uh, it was kind of surreal, like we were rehearsing next door to Justin Bieber, you know, <laughs> it was like, well, this is, this, this is weird, Something, what the hell's going on here, you know, but uh, no, it, it was, it was, it, it was, yeah, I mean, it was only six gigs, but the plan, plan was, was then to stay in L.A., and we'd all be in the one city and we could all get our, we had a rehearsal room booked and we were going to just go in and start working on all the material that we have. So now basically because we're all over the place, you know, me and Bridget would have to re record something here and then we send it off to everybody. Just, to, you know, just like a verse or a course in middle eight and all that, just to, you know, give people an idea that like, here's, here's this idea and, you know, sit up, sit on it for until we see each other again. And then, you know, we can, we can go and hopefully tackle Hopefully, early in the new year, um, myself and Bridget might be able to go back and 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 uh, you know quarantine ourselves and get the rest of the band together. So that's that's the plan for now. Anyway, I mean, I can't see anything changing in the near future. But I mean, you just got to stay positive and, and, and keep on working towards. You know, you know. I mean, just even the thoughts of making people, our fans, maybe happy. By hearing something new is really exciting in these times, and and we really want to do that, you know. 
Well, on the positive side as well, because you have spent your whole life on the road, it must be nice in a way to have some downtime back in Ireland and just, you know, get reacquainted with the homely life for a little bit, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're very lucky in that sense as well. We live in we live in the, in the middle of the country. We are, well, I'm going to say the middle. I mean, we, we live south. We live south, complete, directly south of Dublin, about an hour and a half south of Dublin in a very small village in Wexford. And um, it's funny, I actually had some people come up to me, up to me the other day and honestly, they asked me, uh, why aren't you guys out on tour? I'm like, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you serious? Like, I'm You've like, seen the news this year, course. right? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah you, you have seen the news. I mean, but... Yeah, but no, but it's been great. We've actually gotten a lot. Of, we've never been able to work in our on our house. Like uh, our garden looks like something out of you know the Wild West or whatever. But <laughs> now we've kind of controlled it a little bit and you know painted the house and cleaned it up a bit. It's, it's stuff that we haven't been able to do uh, for a long time because we were never here long enough. As long as we'd ever be here would be for at most two weeks at a time. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's funny how many things go wrong though when you're here, you know, like you know, boilers just decide to crank down and no hot water and heating. Go- it's just you know everything starts to melt up. But it's you know it is what it is. And uh, as you said earlier on, you're you're safe and you're sound, and, and we're safe and sound uh, where we are right here too. And that's something to be very thankful for, you know. I've noticed that Nathan has been getting in touch with nature as well. He looks like he's been out wild camping and canoeing in lakes, and he looks like he's really been embracing the uh, the outdoors. Oh, yeah. Even when we were on tour, uh, Matt, uh, Nathan uh, would go off for hours on end and uh, go, he'd go fishing, uh, hiking. You know, he's, he's, he's really good like that. You know, no matter what city we're in, he'll try something new and different and um you know he's everybody has their own thing when they're on the road they have we all have our own space kind of thing me and bridget obviously hang out together all the time and everybody does their own little thing and, and but nathan has always been a um an outdoorsy type of uh, a, a chap for sure and it's great to see like he's, he has time now a little bit to get out there and clear his head and you know you know, hopefully he's not uh too near the wildfires that are going on right there right now apparently it's actually pretty bad right now in, in, in Colorado so uh, I have a call in with him on a Monday so we'll ask him to see how his situation is there now I mean there's yeah, a- we're all doing our own you know I mean you know Dennis has got Dennis has got four kids I mean I don't think he'll be doing much walking in the forest to be honest with you four kids but <laughs> he'll be homeschooling <laughs> well, we, all, we all have our things that we're <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah but um, yeah no we're, we're we're all good I mean we're all all healthy. We we all have our, we all have a uh, we have a a crew and a band line that we're always uh, we always talk to each other pretty much every day between the crew, crew and the band. So yeah, we're still obviously in contact with each other all the time. There's obviously a lot going on in America at the moment as well. I mean, you're living back in Ireland, but will you be voting in the the upcoming election? And have you been keeping an eye on that chaos? I watched the I watched the debate last night. You did, yeah. Um, I was I didn't go to sleep till I didn't go to sleep till quarter to six this morning. 
um, sitting up watching the debate. Bridget, Bridget uh, is voting. I, 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 I'm not a citizen. I don't have a green card. Right. So I'm not allowed to vote. Um, but Bridget has already uh, voted. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's um, you know, on top of everything else, this is just, oh, for God's sake, you know, it's like, I don't know, but I mean, you know, it's a difficult thing, you know. I, I remember the first time, we all, we always make fun of everything, kind of, you know, in a way, you know, politicians and, and stuff like that, and had a joke with people, made a laugh, and, you know, and laughed at ourselves as well. But I remember the first time uh, we were actually playing in D.C., in Washington, D.C., and... Uh, we were doing a festival, and there was about, I'd say, 40,000 people there. And I, I noticed this person. I didn't know if it was male or female, and I still don't, to be honest with you. But um, he walked up the middle of the crowd, and it took them the entire time we were on to actually get to the front of the stage. And they were holding a banner, Trump, uh, uh, you know, 2016 or wherever it was. And usually I would, I would, make fun of, of that, you know what I mean? Like, just for the crack, you know, just to say something funny on stage. And it was the first time I didn't. I was like, I was afraid for that person's benefit, and I was afraid afraid for other people's uh, uh, awareness and, and safety. It was the first time I ever, I, I bit my lip in a way. The only thing I did say was, I said, don't laugh, because he might be your neighbor next year. And... Lo and behold. True, unfortunately. But lo and behold, yeah. But I mean, that's that, wild. That on top of everything is like, isn't it? it? It's it's it was the it was the first time I've ever been kind of taken aback because I, I didn't I didn't want to you know fuel the situation. I felt like I could have fueled the situation there, and I just didn't take the bait, you know. Yeah, talk about writing on the wall as well. It, 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 it's, it is crazy. It's been it's been very unsettling i guess for me to see like bad religion right everybody knows bad religion are going to be anti-trump that is just obvious but i've seen a lot of it's crazy now in the punk community in america is you have like fans of bands like bad religion and no effects and bands that have traditionally you know gone against everything that people like donald trump stand for but then you have fans of these bands which are like also also avid trump supporters and it just it blows my mind that you can be both like into bad religion yeah, I, and a Trump you know support. <laughs> we don't understand it ourselves. We really, really don't. I mean, do people not read? Like, we have the same problem as bad religion and all effects in that respect. I mean, do people not read the lyrics? Yeah. Do they not, like, understand that everything that we write about is, is, is you know, it's a 360 degree, you know, di- difference? Than, than what I just don't understand it you know I, I, I really don't and, it's, and that's the thing you know I, I mean you know I mean the good the good sign is I think probably that so many people have already voted in America I think it's a record that before an election how many people have over 40 million have voted already I could be wrong but I think that could be a good sign for Biden yeah. in that sense I think people are getting out to you know hopefully you know um, it, it, it's it's just yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, I remember when he won. I mean, myself and Bridget. Actually, I think we were. Were we? Were we? 
No, we were in America, I think, and, and it was gone running late, and we were like, gosh, she's great. I'm going to wake up to a, the first female uh, president of America in the morning. And we went to bed, and Christ, when we woke up the next morning, oh, God, that was a sinking, sinking feeling. And, and you know, like we in Ireland, we, we you know that we have a Taoiseach, and we have a president as well. Um, and our president is the type of guy who, when John Prine passed away earlier on this year, uh, was a president that wrote a letter about John Prime, you that's, know that's wonderful. I mean, no, you know what I mean. We, he, he he's a poet as well, our, our president, and he's such. When you when you listen to him speak, it's just so eloquent and so. And he looks like Dobby the Hobbit. You know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a crazy looking little guy, but he's he's, he's absolutely he's he's wonderful. He's absolutely wonderful, and. Um, it's funny, a friend of ours in America just was a, uh, one of John Prine's best friends. Um, and he sent us an email last just last week about how much he admired our president for for taking the time out to, to write about how much he loved John Prine. And, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's funny. It, it's, it's so, I mean, the, thing, the one thing that really gets me about Donald Trump is, and and unlike bad religion and all effects and bands like that, um, we've lost a ton of fans because of our, our outspokenness about the situation. But the thing is, the one thing that is devastating to me in America is that he has single-handedly divided that country. Yep. You know, he really has divided um, families. You know, he's divided families. He's divided, you know, obviously... Black Lives Matter, the way that was handled was absolutely just, uh, I, I, you know, I can't even fathom it, you know. And it is weird looking, not being there and looking at it from, from being in Ireland, you know. Um, well, yes, like, you know, we have our problems with, like everywhere else has, with COVID. We are now back in lockdown again. We have been since Wednesday night uh, for six weeks. Um, well, you just get the feeling that we're still... Everybody's trying to do their best, you know, and but I you don't I don't feel that in America with, with Trump as president. I really don't, you know, and I really wish people would would like cop on and you know I mean like but it, but it's weird because like people like you know you see over the years all he's ever apparently paid is seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. A mm-hmm. lot of his most of his voters wouldn't care about that. They wouldn't care about that. I don't know why. Yeah, it's almost you like know? he's exempt from all his mistakes in their eyes. It's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll let all that yeah. slide. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 honestly, no, I don't get that. You know, I really, really, really don't. You know? One one thing I've loved seeing... I'm having a sword, by the way. <laughs> Are you? Love it. Well, you've got a big day ahead of you, haven't you? You're, cel- oh, yeah. you're celebrating yeah, Swagger too. later tonight, and it's a cause for celebration, 20 years yeah, of that, sure. which we will get to in a minute. I wanted to just say, though, yeah. what I've witnessed and yeah. loved about what's been happening in Ireland over the last few years is obviously Ireland was a bit behind when it came to certain things like abortion laws and gay marriage and things like this, but over mm-hmm. the last few years, mm-hmm. and in terms of like sustainability and you know, like an environmentalist kind of push as well. Ireland has become one of the most progressive leading countries in the world on so many levels. And it's been so inspiring and 
you know, comforting and reassuring to see. And you must feel very proud of your country over the last few years, like how much things have come on. And as you say, everybody seems like they're on the same team in Ireland. And it, it feels like, a, you know, a country that's got its head screwed on right now. Well, to, to a certain degree, yeah. I mean, like the Ireland that I grew up in it was completely a different place. I mean, first of all, it was basically run by the church. You know, quite honestly, it was more or less a church state than it was a free state. And I think over the years, things did start to get better. I left in I left to I left to live in London for three years back in 1981. I want to say. And I was there for a few years. Then I came back to Ireland and I left again after a couple of years and moved to Los Angeles. But since then, it it's really has become um, a very progressive country. But also what I don't like as well, I mean, is, um, you know, we, we we as a country, we as a nation, as you, as you well know, Matt, um, we, we'd suffered a lot from racism. We, we suffered a lot from, you know, being under the cosh, we really did, and and I know I know it's personally like I was beaten up because I was Irish. Um, I've been in fights in London because people heard my accent, and so I've experienced that firsthand. What I don't like is that what we as a nation have been through. You still get bigots and you still get racists, racists against other uh, minorities uh, as well. So while, yes, we have come a long way, I think we still have a long way to go, you know? Yeah, I mean, there used to be those signs, didn't there, in pubs, which, you know, wasn't even that long ago. It would say, like, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. And you just think, like, yeah, what kind of a fucking world was that? But it wasn't even that long ago. And as you say, yeah. if, 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 if people who have right. come from oppression and understand what it's like to be on the receiving right. end of that are still behaving that way towards others... That's not right, is yeah. it? Yeah. It's 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 so it it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And and it does happen, you know. Not a lot now, don't get me wrong. You know um but but you know, you do read about it every now and then and it it, it is very upsetting because we've been through that ourselves. Why would you want to put anybody else through that? You know, it's just but that's that's human humanity. I mean, you know, quite frankly sometimes you really do scratch your head about what the hell are we all about, you know? You mentioned London a moment ago and your time there. This isn't something that gets spoken about, I don't yeah. think, enough, but maybe it's because you don't want to. But, I mean, Fastway, Dave, uh, talk about a lineup. Yeah. Fast yeah. Eddie Clark from Motorhead, the recently passed, just absolute yeah. wild man, rock and roll legend, Pete Way from UFO. Um, uh, tell me about your times in that band because that seems like a world away from flogging Molly and, and just what an incredible, and you had uh, Jerry Shirley from Humble Pie on drums as well. What a band. Yeah. How did, yeah. th how did yeah. that come about? So you moved to London yeah. and, and is that where the band formed? Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, I was in a little band in Dublin and, uh, it came out in the NME and the mail maker and all that, that fast that he was leaving, uh, motorhead and him and Pete Way were getting together. And they were going to look for a new singer. They, they, did, they didn't want a known singer. They wanted to find somebody new. So my mother, Lord rest her, and this is no word of a lie, she, I had a demo tape. But I knew I needed to rearrange the running order of the demo tape. 
so that it would hit faster for somebody like Fast Eddie and, and PUA. And so I put the heavier songs kind of at the beginning, and my mother helped me do that. Not only that, but I, I, I was told I could get an audition, but I didn't have the money for the airplane to fly to London. So my mother used to clean houses at the time, and she borrowed the money off the woman that she cleaned houses for to get me my airplane ticket to go to London. And that was, I left for London on a Tuesday for the audition. Now, apparently, after they heard me singing, they'd already made up their mind that I was the guy that they wanted. So what happened was they booked the studio. So say I went on the I, I went on the Tuesday, I think, in rehearsals with them, and by Friday, we were in the studio recording a three-track demo. And I had to write all the lyrics, and I actually wrote quite a piece of the music as well. And um, it, it was an unbelievable experience. We did it in a, the Who's studio. I forget where it was. It was in a church, an old church, and the pulpit was, was still in the studio. <laughs> and, and I remember Eddie turning around and going, Eddie turned around to me and he goes, he says, I listen, you need to go home. I said, he says, you need to pack your bags. Uh, you need to come over and live here in London and be in the band. So, and that was it. I flew back to Dublin, packed my bag and, and joined Fastway and had some incredible, incredible experiences. I really did. I mean, yeah. you must have toured with some exciting bands as well. I mean, Pete didn't end up on that first record, did he? Because he got the call to be in Ozzy's band. But no. did, did you get to have some experiences yeah. touring and playing with Pete and Eddie together? No. No, I did right. not. Because what happened was um, we, were, we, we, were, we were writing the album then. So we, we did a demo. We're writing the album. And we're talking about getting Eddie Kramer uh, to, to produce the album, we we're, we're going to try and get him out of retirement because he was ret- retired at the time. He said, and the full weight of that was like, holy Christ! I'm 18 years of age and I'm going to be working with Eddie Kramer. I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, come on. And so the day that Eddie Kramer came over, Pete never showed up at rehearsal. Right. And Eddie was like, I know what's fucking going on here. He said, he's gone out into a lot I bet he has. And sure enough, I, I, uh, he, 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 he had joined. And Eddie told him, he said, you know, Ozzy will drop you when the English British leg of this tour is over because he needs you here. And uh, sure enough, it wasn't long after that that Pete was out of Ozzy's band and started wasted. But the next time I seen Pete was, at, believe it or not, it was at the Hammersmith Odeon, as it was called at the time. Yeah. At a show. I can't remember what show it was. But he seen me. And he ran up to me, man. And he started forcing out crying. Like, he was so sorry for what he did to me. And I was like, Pete, it's okay, man. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. You know? And then a few years ago, we are playing in Ohio. Uh, this theater in... I want to say Columbus, Ohio. And Pete's at the show. Right? And he's at the side of the stage and he's holding this little chihuahua in his arms. Right? And so I seen him and I, I said to the crowd, 
I said, um, I've just noticed that there's a dear old friend of mine standing in the corner. Uh, and I want to say hello to my friend Pete, Pete Way. And Matt, he walked out on the stage, right, with the dog <laughs> in his arms, walked up to my microphone, stood there, and start talking about it. So 15 minutes goes by, and he's still <laughs> talking on the mic. Right? <laughs> so he he was with this. He was with, he's with the, he was with this um, guy. He was sponsor, sponsoring at AA at the turn out it was. And I had to say, I kept on pointing to his sponsor, going, you got to come out. Get, get him, him off. off. Because <laughs> he started telling, like, the first, the, the, like, but the first time I met Pete, right, this is no word of a lie, he picked me up from the airport at Heathrow and he had an open can of Carlsberg special brew in the car. And he, it, it was a Jaguar, right? It was a Jaguar car. But here's the thing. It started to piss rain and his wipers didn't work. So he's hanging out of the car with one arm with a, new, with a newspaper wiping the rain off the fucking windscreen. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy is mental. But you know what? He he was an absolute beautiful guy. He really, really was. I um, saw I saw when um, he passed. There were so many touching yeah. tributes to him from from everyone from all over the corners of the music mm. community, saying exactly that, like a complete hellraiser and a wild man and a rock and roll party kind of oh, dude, yeah. but also an absolute heart of gold as well. Article. He really, he really, really did. He was a, he was a, a wonderful, wonderful guy. I, and I got to spend months with him on end when we were like rehearsing and getting ready to, to do our first album. And um, I'll always love him. He was a, he was a, he was a, he was a fucking great guy. He really was. What about Fast Eddie as well? You got to, you got to tour with him and do four records. And... Me and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we had a we had a crazy relationship, you know. Um, we definitely had our ups and downs. Um, underneath it all, we did love each other, you know. He, he uh, you know, he he was a wild man as well at the best of times, you know. Um, but he, we 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 didn't talk for the last few years of his life. And unfortunately, I tried to get a hold of him about a year before he passed away. And uh, he had no interest in talking to me because it was like, well, we always seem to just get in fights, and that's all we seem to do. And, and I said, well, I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. It's like, you know, it's, what's done is done, and it's, it's the past. You know, we're, we're all doing different things now and, and stuff. But that was also a good punch as well. When I when I found out, I had no idea he was sick, no idea. And with Pete as well, I had no idea either. I'm, see, I'm not a very I'm I'm not a social leader. I'm not really I'm not really good. My Bridget, my wife had to put me on the phone with you today because I didn't have to work to you know get me on the call. You know, I mean, I am totally useless when it comes to keeping contact with with people through social media and stuff. And especially when it's people like that, if you're talking about phone numbers, trying to find phone numbers again to call people and stuff is is a nightmare. But yeah, I mean. I haven't spoken to Jerry in years either. You know, I think the last time I seen Jerry was on television uh, in a documentary about Sid Barrett. Right. Um, on Pink Floyd. Because uh, Jerry played on Sid's first two uh, solo albums. So oh, man, wow. So he was wow. interviewed about that. But other than that, I have, 
What a start, though. But what a start. I did learn eh? a lot from that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 toured, I toured with some of the greatest people um, from Warren Maiden um, to ACDC. And it's a funny story, and I'll, I'll tell you, Matt, and I've, I've told it a few times because it, it's absolutely true. I was, I think, in Hamburg. I know it was Germany, some of were, and I was out with Angus Young. And we were having a chat, and, and he said to me, he said, you know what, Dave goes, he said, I don't care who goes on before or after ACDC, whether it be the Beatles or Rolling Stones, he said, we'll always be ACDC. And I really didn't understand what he meant by that, you know? And it wasn't until Flog and Molly got into a rehearsal room in Santa Monica in Los Angeles, when we all started playing together, it hit me. It was like, now I know what Angus was talking about. I don't care who goes on before or after Flog and Molly. We're just Flog and Molly, and we're just doing our thing. He wasn't saying that in a, in a, in a egotistical way. He was just saying that he believed in so much in what he did that he felt this way about it. And I eventually got to learn that uh, from being from being in the room with, with, with Flog and Molly. And it doesn't matter how big you're going to get or what you're going to get. You just don't have any fear. There's no fear of, like, anybody else. You are your own thing. And that's something I never felt before, you know? And well, wonderful experience with Fastware. I really, really did. You're both obviously sonically very different bands, but I can see that parallel there as well in that what you both do is so unique to yourselves soon as you hear an ACDC song or a Flogging Molly song, you know exactly who it is. You know that nobody else does it quite like that. And as you say, when you're just in that lane and you you hold fast and stay the course and just do what you do without fail every time, it doesn't matter the filling around it, what's before, what's after, because you're out there to just do what you do. Absolutely. It actually actually gives you patience. It learns you how to be patient. You know, because, you know, you know, when you're getting a band together, you're also, you know, agitated to get somewhere quickly and do something really quickly. But with Flog and Molly, I mean, we couldn't for a start because I was illegal in America. And I, I didn't even know at the time that was illegal. I thought I was. And it turns out that the government had changed the law, make my own visa invalid. So we could only tour America. For eight years, we couldn't even go to Canada. We forget about Europe, um, forget about England, forget about Japan, everywhere else. We couldn't leave America because they wouldn't let me back in for 10 years if I was caught going through customs again. So we had that to deal with. So we had to become very patient about how things were going to happen, you know. And uh, thankfully, we stuck to our guns and, and uh, yeah, we did all right you know i'll say well i mean that must have been difficult on a personal level as well to be away from all your friends and family for almost a decade that must have been heartbreaking i didn't see my mother i didn't see my mother for eight years um because i I couldn't afford to get her out and uh so for eight years and 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 i don't know if you're aware of a song on the Drunken Olivier's album. It's called The Sun Never Shines and Closed Doors. Yeah. And uh, it's about S O N, Sun. Well, that's about, like, for example, the first time 
I could go back. And uh, I knocked on her front door and she opened the front door and she says, can I help you? And I said, it's me, your son. She didn't know who I was. And that was, talk about the shock of your life. It was like your own mother not recognizing you after eight years, you know? Uh, it was it was heartbreaking. And, and hence that song. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. Everybody made sacrifices in this band. Everybody. You know? Um, there was a time when you could have a job or you couldn't have a job because you started to tour, but then you'd stop touring and you'd have no job. And money was always a, a very, very tight issue. And, um, but we prevailed. I mean, we, I mean, we, we were, we were that, that's why I get so upset about, like, right now. I mean, I mean, do you know the band, of, uh, the Fontaines of DC? The yes, band? great band, yeah. Well, yeah, great band. And it's like, we were talking about next time we did the tour of the States, we'd bring them over with us, you know. We've always tried to help out younger bands because these are the type of bands that need to go out and play live. You know, they just fucking blow your head off, you know. And they can't do that right now. Bands like that can't do that right now. It must be so frustrating. I mean, I know what it's like. I've been there several times. I'm very lucky and grateful for that. And we fast support we in Slogamalia. And, you know, it's it's difficult for rock bands. I mean, you've got, you've got your pop stars who can literally go into a, a studio and just, you know, have somebody else write them a song maybe and, and, and off they have a new single out and away they go. Rock bands can't do that, you know? And especially when you live all over the place. I mean, it's it's it's, re- it's going to be really hard to do that. So, but we're just going to have to find a way of, of doing it, you know. I mean, I, and we will, you know, we will. I just really, and I, I people, I know for a fact that you know the, the, the festivals that we were meant to do in Europe this year, they've basically moved them to to uh, obviously next year with the same lineups. Yeah, and they're all sold out. They're all selling out. People really want to get out and see live music again. Oh, can you imagine how good those um, first shows are, you know, when we're back, how amazing and like wild and crazy and excitable the crowds oh, are going to be? Yeah. Once I remember what a D chord looks like, I should be okay. So <laughs> that, be right. <laughs> you, you mentioned taking bands out as well, and uh, I'm good friends with Frank, I'm good friends with Jay, Beans on Toast, and I know those are good friends yeah. of your band yeah. as well. And, you know, obviously you took both of those guys yeah. out early on. They were both on the cruise last year as well. Those are friendships that remain, and that's the beautiful thing about music, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? You know, it's your family. It really is. It's like an extended community of people who yeah. look out for each other. And yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Jay Jay's been on the cruise every year. Yeah, uh, he's, he's your mascot, the, isn't he? He's the he's the salty dog Frank mascot. Sandler. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's fucking brilliant, that guy. But, um, <laughs> Have you seen yeah, the new song that he's done like, with Frank, you know, Dave? Have you seen we, the new we, song? We, I have not. They've just put up a new video How yesterday. It's called The Village Disco, and it's uh, it's Frank and Jay in white suits driving around the coast in like an old 40s white soft top car. You've got to check it out later today. It's so funny. It's so good. What's it called again? The what? The Village Disco. The Village Disco. Okay, I'll get Bridget to get that. We can have a look at that. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. <laughs> 
What are you going to say, though? Sorry. Well, you know, that, that, that's what And now it's like, you know, we, the first tour we ever did of America was um, the Warp Tour. And um, during, during the Warp Tour, the Mighty Mighty Boston's were, were, were uh, on, the, on the Warp Tour. And they came on to our one day and they said, listen, shortly after this tour finishes, we're going on a nationwide tour of America. And we want you guys to open up for us. And we were like, fuck yeah, that'd be absolutely amazing. And it's like, when we heard Frank uh, Turner, um, we listened to some of his tracks and we were like, oh, absolutely. He's got to come out and tour us. So Frank came out and tour with us in, in America and then in England when Frank was was blown up um, we were the first band he called to, to go out and tour him in England so it, it was always you know as I said to you earlier on you know, when, you, when you're confident about what you do you, you do things like that you know you you, 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 you you know you're not afraid of anybody you know what I mean like that was the one thing that I always felt years ago, I have to say, though, there was always that kind of competition yep. of we want to be better than you or, or that, that will show you kind of attitude. And I think when you're comfortable in what you're doing and, and, and proud of what you're doing, none of that matters, you know? None of that matters. I mean, where Frank went on before us or we went on before him, I'm sure he tells the same story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it's music and, and people are enjoying it and that's all that matters. You know, and and um, yeah, we've made a lot of friends. I mean, as you were saying there, about like no effects, I talked to Mike uh, last week. Uh, he's, he's been in hospital for a little bit. Is he doing better? Is he doing all right? He's doing great now, though. Good, um, good. He's back home and, you know, all is good, you know. Um but yeah, like as you said, like you know, the community of, of like I, I, that was one that was the one things about the Warp Tour as well that really was amazing. I wish so many young bands had the opportunity to do it now because you learned a lot from other bands. You know, you learned community was unreal. You know, um, like I remember, I think ourselves, Bad Religion, and No Effect, um, we used to pull our buses up and make like a triangle shape out yeah, of yeah. three buses. Yeah. So that would be a centre be a center and we just sit around there every night and uh, get a barbecue going and you know it, it was pretty, pretty mental. We had some <laughs> amazing times together. And and you'll never you'll never forget them, you know what I mean? It's like you know, we you know, the wolf tour was you know, Kevin Lyman and, and, and the gang, it was definitely one of the greatest things we've ever done um, as a as a band. Like, I remember the first time we we toured it, I think there was four bands on the one bus, you know, and it was fucking mental. I mean... I think it, somebody it should write a Warp Tour book country. of all the craziest and funniest stories from from every year and chat to all the bands because, I mean, especially with those kind of seasoned vets like you guys and Dropkick Murphys and No yeah. Effects, Bad Religion, Pennywise, yeah. like the usual suspects, I can yeah. only begin to imagine mm-hmm. the, the hijinks and hilarity and good times that went on over those years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember one time, like, like that one time we were all on the 
four bands on a bus together. We decided it would be a great idea to gaffer tape everybody together. <laughs> and there was about 20 people on the bus and we were all, all, all uh, gaffer taped together, just jumping around the bus, going mental. It was, yeah, I mean, shit like that was going on every night. It was mental. It's like summer camp, isn't it? But, yeah, but, but I mean, with copious I amounts Bridget, of alcohol. I know Bridget, I, I, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I know Bridget's been interviewed by some somebody that was writing a book about the war tour. I think the, I think it was Women of the War Tour. I right, that right. Was, but I don't know if anybody's ever written a, a you know a book about uh, uh, the actual war tour itself. They should do. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was definitely hijinks on the road for sure. <laughs> when you first meet Bridget, do you become romantically involved right out the gate, or does does that happen a little later on? Unfortunately, that happened a lot later on. She made you uh, wait, but but I, 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 apparently, apparently I did. Apparently, I did ask her to marry her the night I met her. Amazing. Um, I walked into I walked into Molly Malone's. I was doing an acoustic show on my own, and uh, I walked in and I seen this beautiful lady. I, I was just I've never I'd never felt like anything like that. I was just amazed, you know. And um, so after the show, I. I, I, I tried to say hello to her, you know, and she said, you know, she said, I'm a fiddle player. I said, what? She said, I'm the, yeah, I'm the fiddle player. I went over to her apartment the next day, and we've been playing music ever since. I love it. And that's how it all started. I'm actually looking right now as we speak, Matt. I am looking at a photograph of the first time me and Bridget ever played on stage together. What year was that? In, in our house here in Ireland. Oh, Christ, man, come on. That, that's, you know, you know how many bottles of whiskey have gone under the table since then? I mean, I, I have no idea what year that was. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. But uh, no, and you know, it's 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 a wonderful thing. I mean, to spend your life with not just your fellow musician, but your your best friend, and it's we've been very lucky like that. I think, and it's it's been a lot of work, and it, it, like everything else, you know, and it, it, but it's it's absolutely wouldn't change you for the world, you know really wouldn't and that's when that's also as when like when i heard her playing fiddle um i'd never heard fiddle being played over the few songs that i did have written at the time and what it did to me was make me hit me on the head it just went kicked me in the heart and hit me in the head it was like okay i can't go back physically to ireland but what if i go back musically in some way but take in everything that I've learned along the way as well and make it work. And the whole, it, it, it just, everything, my whole attitude changed. And immediately when we got together, it, there was a focus. There was a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Um, and it, that's when things started to really, people come down and see us, you know, and, and it, things started to grow. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The moment that changed my life for sure. How did you guys end up signing with Side One Dummy? Uh, obviously, this year is twenty years since the debut. Swagger, which came out on Side One, you did mm-hmm. the first four records, I think, with them. Um, Joe Sib was on the cruise mm-hmm. as well. I, I got to meet him, and what a funny, mm-hmm. just warm, <laughs> great character <laughs> he is. Was he the guy that signed you? How did that relationship start? Yeah, he's he's actually doing the 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 live streams now. Amazing. So 
look out for that. <laughs> I love but, him. Um, he's a great well, guy. Was actually we we when oh god god yeah he's a wonderful wonderful character. Oh my god he's brilliant. Hey bro, hey bro. <laughs> um, no, he's he's great. But we we actually had um what what we did was we we, we did a live album uh, live on the green door. And Molly Malone's, we put a microphone on stage, we put a microphone in the crowd, and we made a CD out of it, and it sounds horrific. <laughs> but it, it actually got us enough money. Oh, no, Dave, you cut off again, have you? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dave. <laughs> conference yeah. calling the the perils um it's like i'll uh, i'll edit this second little gap out so you're just saying you had the two mics and it sounded like shit but it got you enough yep. enough money too and then that was the moment that you dropped out and i lost you yeah we went we went to go to, go to chicago and uh work with steve alvini oh wow um so yeah so we had already made the album you know and you know, uh, Matt uh, Scobie, our accordion player, um, was friends with, with Joe and that. So we arranged the meeting to go and meet with, with, with side one. And they were out of stage in their, in, in their careers where they were starting off like we were, um, kind of, you know, trying to do their best uh, that they could. They had a few bands on their, on, on their roster. So we, we put out the album. That was already made on side one dummy, and through their connections with the warp tour and all that, that's when things started to, uh, to to really work. It was a perfect. It was like a perfect storm, you know. It was like it was great for them. And it was great for us. So you know, let me turn off this ringtone here. Uh, sorry about that. Don't worry, um, mate. It's all good. Yeah. So it it was a little bit of injury in the blockheads, um, <laughs> but yeah. And it was just about, it was just where we both were, you know, we were like, you know, you know, we was nothing to lose. Neither of us had anything to lose. So we just went together and, and did it. And it was brilliant. I mean, we had a great time uh, with Side One Dummy, you know, 
to, to be with a record company, and, and that, 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 that's what we were very lucky with too. Nobody, nobody was ever trying to shape this lot to do something. We always knew what we wanted to do, and they certainly weren't going to try and change our minds. They loved it, you know. And um, so we did the first two albums with Steve, Steve Albine, which was great as well because he, Steve is not a producer, you know. Steve is an engineer, and and uh, so he would let us, he would get the best sound he could, and but he would let us uh, with the reins. He'd leave us with the reins and, and let us do what we wanted to do. And he never questioned it, you know? So it was a great experience. We, we lived in his studio, a lot of us, a whole lot of us. Um, and, um, yeah, we just, great, great times, great times. And Matt Hensley as well, I mean, not only a great musician, but just such a, a legend in the skate world and to to wind up with him in your band as well. Did you have any idea of his background when you when you met and started playing with him, or did that reveal itself later no. on? That revealed itself later on. I, I mean, I when I met the first time I met Matt, Matt yet again was in was in Molly Malone's, where obviously everything seems to have happened. But um, he, I was sitting, I was rehearsing with Bridget and Nathan, I think, and. Um, I went into Molly Malone's for a pint on the way home and this guy came up to me and says, are you looking for an accordion player? And I said, you know what? That sounds like a really good idea. And he says, well, I want to introduce you to a guy over here who plays the accordion. So I went over and it was Matt. And um, we had a chat and he, he was only playing accordion for six months at the time. And uh, I said, do you want to join the band? And he's like, what? I says, You've never heard me play before. I said, I don't need it. You know, I just, I just love your vibe. And I just think, you know, I, I think it, I think it'd be great. You know? So that was it. <laughs> That's how he was involved, you know? And everything, it just, I've always said it, and it's, it's so true. This band just fell together. You know, it was kind of just meant to be, you know, in that sense. I mean, there was no, there was no auditions and stuff like that. Load, that was a load of bugs. It was never going to be the way with this band. You know, we're all going to learn together. We're, you know, and I think that made us what we, you know, what we are, you know. And yeah, we sure are brilliant. It's a proper collective, isn't it? In the sense, obviously, it's an obvious comparison, mm. but in this, in the same way that a band like the Pogues came together, you know, piecemeal, organically mm. over time, it's it's a similar sort of story and. Mm you know, evolution, isn't it? And that first record, I mean, still just yeah. some of my favorite Flogging Molly songs on there. I think The Old Beggar's Bush is an amazing song. I think mm -hmm. Black, Fly, Black, Black Friday Rule, sorry, is an incredible song. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Salty Dog was where the conversation began. Track one, first album, and, you know, 20 years later, obviously not this year, but to have a cruise named after that, that opening track, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that must put things in perspective of how far you've come with this band. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's one of those things that you, you know, as the years go by, you know, especially this last year, there's been a lot of retrospective looking back on, on how lucky we really were and how far we did come. Um, you know, it's, it's, as you said, the Salty Dog Cruise, which was something that I thought would be, would, but it's so ridiculous that, you know, it, it, it will never work. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> how wrong I was. I mean, it was, 
You know, this year it's funny. I think I think this year, Matt, was the first time me and Bridget actually got off the boat. You know, I, I went into the town, uh, Key West, that, that little island that we hop off on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time we got off, and I remember the two of us. I was, you know, Bridget's sister was with us, and we were walking back from, and we you walk down, then you see the cruise ship, and I remember going, "Holy fuck, is that airship?" Yeah. Like it's huge, <laughs> like, you know. My God, and it was just—it was just surreal. I mean, it still is. I mean, it's just. But when you meet the people on on the cruise ship and and see how much they are having fun and enjoying themselves and just forgetting about bubbles and bows or whatever might be they might be experienced back home, just having a few days out and having a bit of a laugh and a, a good time and listening to great bands and. You know, just it, it, it's a wonderful environment. It really is. It, it, it's it's great. Well, as I said at the start of the chat, and I wasn't just saying it, it was genuinely the most fun experience I've ever had, and I've been blessed to have <laughs> enjoyed some amazing weekends and trips and adventures in my life, and that one was just on a whole other level of, as you say, like it just kind of <laughs> feels like you're in this ocean-bound bubble of joy and whatever is going on anywhere else yeah. in the world is irrelevant for that time and the people on there although the booze is flowing like water and everybody's drinking all day there's no assholes there's no aggro there's none of that and everybody's polite and courteous and up for a good time the bands are all great the food's incredible you like dying like kings and queens for the whole time it was just an incredible experience and i, I it's one i'll cherish forever and I do hope that, that there will be more. Oh, yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head there, you know. That's exactly how it is. It's like being in a bubble for four days, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as you said, even next year it could look pretty dodgy. But, you know what? Let's be positive, Matt. And it, it will happen again. It'll, it'll happen again for sure. Amazing. And you'd be more than welcome, as always. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you, mate. And um, good luck tonight with the celebrations of Swagger. And you do have Thank some you. shows announced for next year in the UK. You've got a tour booked over here, haven't you? Yeah. So um, hopefully that will go ahead and we yeah. can catch up and have a Guinness yeah. and hang out in person in 2021. And um, have a great Christmas Absolutely. and stuff, mate. And, and enjoy the rest of what's you left too. of this year. I know it's been a surreal one, but um, it sounds like you've had a bit of time to reflect yeah. and, and enjoy being back home. And Yeah. Absolutely, and if you say hello to uh, say hello to um, Frank and Jay, if you talk to them, I absolutely will. Hello from I absolutely will, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Cheers, Great Dave. You, man. That was lots of fun. Brilliant. Thanks for dialing back All in right. as well. I thought I'd lost you for good. <laughs> well, you can thank you can thank Bridget for that. Bridget wasn't here, just wouldn't be happening. <laughs> thank you, Bridget. Superstar. All right, lad. Cheers, Dave. See you, See you again, care. mate. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye, I don't need like just an hour. I mean one in every hour. All is me is all I need, and that's all that I care.
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.